that as Christians we certainly want to be like the second supervisor and that Jesus and Joseph were both good leaders and they've certainly had people's best intentions at heart when they, um, you know, when in their leadership roles. Um, so we're going to talk about, for the rest of the time, good characteristics of, of leaders. And um, this is certainly not an all-inclusive list because it can change depending on, you know, the organization or depending on uh, whatever's going on. And y'all probably have other ways that you think a, a good leader should be just as much as I would. But um, one of the first things that we talked about last week were fixed standards. And, um, you know, all good leaders try to tell their employees, you know, in, in uh, any of y'all ever worked in manufacturing, there were, uh, there's a thing called ISO, and it's like 9001, 9002, I think, and I don't know, it may still be something, maybe something newer than that now, but anyway, there are certain rules that you follow, and you've got to follow those rules or, um, you know, uh, there's nothing to go by. And, 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 you know, if you don't have rules, then you don't, people just do what they want to do. And there's no, you know, there's no, uh, there's nothing to, to uh, stop them for that. But Jesus, you know, for example, in his mission, uh, he had, he, did, he came to kind of fulfill the law. And he didn't lay down as many rules as there were, of course, in the Old Testament with all the rules. But he kind of set out his principles in the Sermon on the Mount that's uh, recorded a few places in Scripture, but uh, maybe more in detail in Matthew 5 through 7. And he laid out his, um, what he, you know, what he really came to do and what he, uh, how he felt about it, how to fulfill the Old Testament law. You know, blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the, the, they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And, you know, and, and it told all these things. Well, the same thing goes for an organization. And, and, you know, these things, everything that Jesus did was... Um, it didn't change. You know, Hebrews 13.8 says these are the same yesterday, today, and forever. But, you know, a lot of times in these organizations, things will just change on the fly. And uh, that really does confuse an employee and, and makes it, and I'm not saying that that shouldn't be the case sometimes when an emergency comes up or that sort of thing, but um, a lot of times, um, you know, and I think, I, I use the CDC for example. Uh, there's been nothing about this pandemic that's been, that we've really felt like we've got the truth on. Everything from uh, the 15 days to slow the spread to the, to the mass to, uh, you know, this distance in business and all that stuff, there's been nothing about that that seemed to be any truth. And it seems like that no matter what we did, you know, it didn't improve the situation any. 
So I, I, you know, I just came to the point with it that I just said I wasn't going to be afraid. Now, I, I'm not saying that, that it was, uh, there, was, there were people that were very in bad, you know, things happened to them and all that. But I, I, why should we be as afraid of something that, um, you know, uh, for example, in the New Testament, you had the apostles being, uh, you know, boiled, boiled in water and, and, and burned at the stake and that sort of thing. And, and so, you know, and then we're getting all this bad information about this virus that I just said that, you know, the Lord don't make, give us a spirit of fear. So, you know, uh, and, the, and the same thing goes for organizations. Organizations are, you know, you've got to have standards, you've got to have fixed standards and adhere to them. And, um, but anyway, so that's, that's about all I'm going to say about fixed standards there. But the next thing that you've got to have, have that Jesus had and that any good leader had was good communication. Um, good communication uh, seems like, I don't know about any of y'all's career or any of y'all's organizations that you're ever involved in, but it seems like good communication was always, has always been a problem. It seems like the more communication that we get with this internet business and this uh, social media and all this uh, you know, texting and, and, and uh, emailing and all that, it seems like the worse it gets, the more communication we get. And, you know, um, it seems like, and I don't know how to say this without just saying it, uh, it seems like a lot of managers, and maybe in other organizations too, they say, people seem to want to hoard information. And they don't really want to ex express everything about something that they need to. And, you know, the, a lot of that is insecurity and that sort of thing. But, you know, Joseph was not that way because he was able to, um, he was able to expedite all of these grain bins being made and uh, have a distribution point there in Egypt for all of this grain for the entire country of Egypt and the known world at that time. So you, you can imagine how good a communication he would have had to have. Um, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for their actions, overturned the money changers' tables, gave sermons such as a Sermon on the Mount to let everyone know what the truth really was, and how to become a follower of Christ. He praised when it was warranted, and he, such as the woman that, that touched the hem of his garment and was healed in Luke 8, uh, 43 through 48, and the Roman centurion servant who was healed in Luke uh, 7, and Mary who anointed him uh, for burial. In other words, he, he, he really... He, he told, he, he, you knew exactly where Jesus stood. He gave positive feedback and he gave negative feedback, especially to the scribes and Pharisees for negative. And um, he called them, you knew where he stood with Jesus. He called, you a, he, he called them whited walls in Matthew 23. And, uh, you know, 
he, he called, um, was it Herod, he called a snake, and he called the Pharisees vipers, or was it a fox? I guess it was a fox, yeah. Um, and we need, to be, we need to be clear and concise uh, when we speak to others. Now, uh, we need to season our, our, our speech with, you know, salt, so to speak, and not be as, you know, Jesus knew people's hearts. He knew people, what, he, could, he, could, he could do things that we couldn't do. He could see inside of an individual and know what they were thinking and what they really, what their true uh, status was. We can't do that. But we need to have good, clear communication with others or they're not going to know what is expected of them and what is a good job, um, for example, if they don't know exactly what's meant, uh, meant of them. And I would say that all this needs to be kind of written too. And uh, you know, procedures in jobs are written and um, then they're just kind of carried along with good communication verbally uh, and you know, with all these other things I have now, like emails and text, sometimes on a text, and and you know this, I noticed this back when I was working. It was, you can text somebody or you can send an email to somebody, and it can get completely confused as to what's really being asked of them to do. Uh, sometimes just picking up the phone or or talking to somebody is the best way to do things. And um, that's why we don't need to give kind of, uh, 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 you know, vague uh, descriptions of what somebody needs to do or something like that in an organization, no matter what it is. Yeah. That's exactly, that's a good point, uh, Julie. Uh, and he didn't demean her, as you said, and she went back, and what did she do? She, she changed, and she, you know, she repented, and she spread the gospel to all the people in her area, you know, and, and you know, what great things I've, I've been done for me, and he told me my whole life, and that's a really good point, very good point. Um, you know, Jesus had compassion, and, and I think Julie just, just touched on that. He healed, the, he healed the deaf, the dumb, the blind, the crippled, the, the demonic, lepers. Um, people had mental, mental and physical infirmary, infirmaries, uh, such as in, that's in Matthew eight seventeen, And, you know, he had compassion when Lazarus died. And even though he knew he was going to uh, raise him from the dead, he had compassion. 
And uh, he was just like you, like you and I. He had, um, you know, physical. Uh, he he had to be. He he was. He got hungry like the rest of us, and he had five loaves and two fish, and later on seven loaves and two fish, and fed five and four thousand with them. So you know, Jesus uh, has been had been where we are, and he. He uh, had compassion for others. And uh, we, as managers or as leaders of any organization, we've got to have compassion for others. Um, Jesus said he'd come for the lost house of Israel, uh, but, but um, he, he reproved people like uh, Peter when he, re, when he uh, restored the high priest's, uh, when the when he had uh, cut off the servant of the high priest's ear and Jesus restored it, uh, he had compassion on Peter and uh, he knew that he was going to be used for uh, starting the church or helping start the church in Acts 2. And he asked him three times if he, um, if he loved him. And of course, Peter said he did. And, uh, you know, the compassion was always there for, for Christ. He was always, um, you know, if we could only have managers like Christ in organizations and in any kind of a job or anything, we would really, that's what we need to strive to be. Um, so uh, we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago at our men's class about, on James 2 about partiality and that sort of thing and how that was wrong and that was never done with Christ. Christ knew that everybody, you know, as part of the creator of the universe, he knew that everybody was, uh, you know, the same and um, there was no partiality among men. You know, God's not a respecter of persons and so Jesus was not a respecter of persons. He had compassion for everybody. Selflessness is the next thing that a good leader has. Jesus put other people's uh, needs ahead of his own, and when he was uh, tired at the at the well in Samaria, he he shared the good news with the woman at the well, and he stopped and and was with her there. Uh, he withstood the devil's temptations in the wilderness, even though he was hungry after his baptism, and he refused to turn the stones to bread. Um, he withstood be, being beaten and spat upon and verbally abused and crucified, all of which he could have called the angels down, 10,000 angels, and keep it, to keep him from going through that. He never tried to control others. He, he, he realized we were, uh, you know, uh, free moral agents, and he, in Revelation 3.20, it talks about he knocks on the door. It didn't say he came and crashed it in, you know. So we don't, we, we've got to be gentle with people at jobs or in any organizations, especially in the church. Um, and um, without, without uh, Jesus knew that without choice, there would be no growth. And we can't grow unless we have a choice to uh, live for Christ or live, 
you know, not for Christ. Uh, you've got to either accept the gospel or reject the gospel. There's, there's no in-between there. Um, back to this selflessness, uh, there's a lot of people in organizations, in, in, in uh, jobs, in, in companies, who like to manipulate others. And um, who, who has ever heard of uh, Tolino uh, Machiavelli? Does that name ring up? Has anybody ever? He wrote a book called The Prince, and he was in the 16th century. He was an Italian philosopher, Italian um, writer, and he wrote a book called The Prince, and it was basically the blueprint on how uh, a young prince who's going to be a king, how he is going to, how he should rule. And um, basically he said, um, it's good to be loved and it's good to be feared, but if you can't be loved, be feared. And, you know, basically that is just 100% the opposite of the way we should be as leaders and as Christians. But anyway, um, what he was getting at is, you know, manipulate others, lie, cheat, whatever it takes to get ahead. And, um, and the politicians have come up with a phrase, the end justifies the means, based on what uh, Machiavelli said in his book. And, you know, I don't know if y'all have ever seen this in a job, but I have. <laughs> I've seen somebody who started out at a low level and they used every means, every trick in the book, so to speak, to get to where they wanted to be. And it usually happens in a smaller organization, one where the rules are not really, really set that well and there's, and there's a lot of leeway in there for them to come in there and do what they want to do. But I, I mean, it's, a, it's a really something to behold when you see this in, in action. But, and I never thought I'd see that anybody could be as evil as to do something like this, but I saw it and uh, it does exist. And uh, when I found out there was a book about this, well, you know, you probably have noticed this in politicians for the last, for your whole life. I mean, there are some of these politicians who will do anything to get what they want. And um, so, you know, we as Christians have got to go a 180 degree opposite, opposite of that. But, and, you know, selflessness, uh, that's what we need to be. But anyway, so we'll move on to the next one. Responsibility, a good manager gives him his, his employees responsibility. Jesus knew how to impart uh, this to his disciples and through his ministry, Joseph involved, through his ministry, Joseph involved the stewards in the grain distribution and um, Jesus sent out the 70, he sent out the apostles and told them to take no, you know, take no bag, no bread, no sword or an extra cloak, just to go out and teach and go out and, you know, he, he left the apostles with responsibilities and he sent the Holy Spirit uh, with them 
to uh, you know, help spread the gospel and to be with them all through the book of Acts there and through the remainder of the you know, New Testament until it was completed. Um, so we've got to be able to uh, uh, you know, distribute the work among ourselves and take responsibility for things. Um, good point and uh, yeah he did want to go with Jesus there and Jesus told him to just go back and he you know um, he, he Jesus made you want to go and impart his gospel to others by the good works that he had uh, done to people and through people so that's a very good very good point there um, he was not afraid to make great demands of people of mere fishermen like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and of tax collectors, you know, like Matthew, and who became one of his apostles. And even, you know, Zacchaeus wasn't an apostle, but he was a follower. But he, you know, he, he had big changes in people through responsibility. Um, he turned Peter's lack of faith into a pillar of uh, strength after his ascension. As we discussed, you know, he became, he became a, a, one of the great leaders in the church. Another thing that, uh, that is, um, you know, a leader has is accountability. Um, have people, just a rhetorical uh, kind of a question here, have people forgotten the, the word accountability and really what it means? It seems to be that way. I say that kind of facetiously, but um, people don't seem to want to take act, uh, you know, responsibility for their actions anymore. It's like, who can we blame? Uh, we see that spe specifically in the White House and in the, all these politicians. It's somebody else has done it. It's worse now than I ever remember it. It seems like everybody wants to blame somebody else for something that they had a big party in. Uh, that, that goes from, you know, uh, running the country to, to organizations, to companies, you name it. Uh, uh, it happened back in the Garden of Eden as, you know, Adam uh, blaming Eve for giving them the, the forbidden fruit. And it goes on even now. I mean, we even have no-fault insurance. Uh, when you can't decide which person is in fault for the accident, you know, there's no fault insurance. Uh, Jesus taught us to take accountability for our actions. He, he even wanted us to take a, accountability for our thoughts, you know, uh, not lusting after women or to hating your brother, uh, you know, hating your brother being the same as killing him, that sort of thing in Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount. A good leader takes uh, responsibility for his actions. Um, if he doesn't do that, guess what? If you don't have take responsibility for your actions, the next time 
the person is going to say, well, he, I, better, I better just cover this myself or not tell anybody because that's what he'd do. That's what the boss would do. So we can't be like this. We need to be examples to others and take, you know, if you're wrong, just say you're wrong. And, and you, you come out a lot better with people if you do that. They'll have a lot more respect for you. Um, another thing that people ha that you need to have as a leader is vision. Uh, Joseph certainly had vision. Jesus had vision. He knew what his mission was. Um, you know, archaeologists have uncovered a series of what appears to be 11 grain bins in Egypt with grain shafts and um, a main distribution storage container that very well could have been the same set of storage distribution bins that were used during the famine in Egypt. Uh, if anybody wants to read up on that, or I think there was a YouTube video also, Ron Wyatt was that archeologist and he, it's a pretty good little YouTube video on that, but it just shows you the vision of Joseph and how he knew that he was that they were in for you know from you know from God's telling them that they were in for seven years of famine, and there was a very you know uh, complicated um, distribution network set up for the entire world there. And, you know, Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, the people perish. And Jesus certainly had a vision also for his ministry, and so did uh, Joseph. Um, so I did have a slide that was going to be a little bit funny, but I guess you don't get to see it. Um, it's, it says, uh, it, anyway, uh, it says, a good manager does not micromanage. And it shows a guy that's, kind of hanging over, over his employees, uh, breathing down his neck, saying there's not a hyphen in micromanager. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sure everybody has worked or been around somebody who was kind of a micromanager. In other words, they kind of had to have the last say or every say on what the employee did. But, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't like that. He, and I'm sure Joseph wasn't like that too. He probably said the grain bins need to be made. Here's the blueprint, go for it, you know. That's the way we need to be anyway. Micromanagement uh, is not a good way to, to be a leader. Uh, a good leader leads by example and shares the workload. Uh, Joseph and Jesus were active in their leadership uh, Jacob was a man of action, but his sons were not. He knew that grain needed to be obtained, but his sons were somewhat clueless about what to do, and he had to give them encouragement to get them to go to Egypt to get them some grain. Um, nobody's ever been able to make a substitute for hard work. You either jump in and get with the job, or you sit back and it doesn't get done or gets done by somebody else. Um, James 1 tells us we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So, you know, we need to jump in and do the work. If an employee, for example, if you're talking about a company, sees you will help in a situation where they're 
you know, they're having a hard time or they need to be shown something, they're much more likely to, you know, to want to do that job and to do it well than if you just say something like, you have any problems over there? I don't think, you don't need any help, do you? You know, usually that's a very token thing that people will say and they really don't mean to help you. But, um, and there's a difference between micromanagement and actually helping somebody get something done that they just need a little extra help on. So, you know, we've got to be able to share the workload and help others when they need it um, to, you know, to kind of keep the, uh, keep the assembly line, for example, going or something like that, or to keep the organization going, especially here in the church. Um, we've got to be able to help in any situation that we need to help in, uh, but, you know, not micromanage, so to speak. Um, so that's, and then the last thing, and I don't have much time, is real, a good manager realizes and develops the potential in others. We know that Jesus certainly did that. He, sa he saw the potential in the, the apostles or in the, um, in the disciples, and he developed that. He did everything he could to do that. You know, if you're, if you're a boss at work or something, doesn't ever send you to a seminar or give you any um, literature or anything to help you along your way, uh, that's just not a good thing. I mean, I know that times are tight and it's more difficult nowadays and that sort of thing with uh, resources being tight and that sort of thing, but um, you know, getting, getting the tools you need, the resources for your job, whether they be educational or, or actual physical things to get you to do things correctly is the way to go about things. And Jesus certainly did this. He, he, he gave them all the knowledge that they would need to be able to go out and, and, and do, and, you know, do, his, do the ministry. And, of course, he sent the Holy Spirit, as we talked about earlier also. Um, but you can't have envy and jealousy as a manager or as a leader. Uh, if somebody just blossoms on the job and just ends up, you know, outdoing you, well, so be it, you know. I mean, that's, that's good for them. I mean, that's, that's, just, uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, we can't be, especially as Christians, we... We can't be envious of anybody who has succeeded, you know. I think it says rejoice when others rejoice and weep when others weep. You know, we, we're supposed to be like that as Christians also. Uh, I think Jesus summed it up the best way in uh, Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, all things whatsoever you, uh, you would that men should do to you, do also to them. That's the golden rule. And it's for the law, it was the law and the prophets. So, you know, um, it, we need to try to develop others. There's a lot of other characteristics that we could talk about on good managers, such as time management. I guess everybody that's worked in any organization anywhere has seen people who are what I call time killers. They just come to work, seems like, to see how much time they could kill and get through the entire day with as little work as they could get done. But we as Christians, you know, that's, that's stealing, and we shouldn't be that way. Um, 
you know, I guess I'll just sum this up by saying jo Jacob and Joseph were good leaders. Jesus was a, Joseph was a good leader and Jacob was a good leader, but Christ was the perfect leader. I mean, he, he had all the characteristics of a good manager and he, uh, you know, he knew what his mission was. He successfully got that out to the world and to the apostles and, you know, the church is still, uh, all of these empires have crushed. Uh, um, you know, uh, the Persian Empire, the, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, they've all crushed, but the, the church is still going and thank the Lord for that. So that's the end of my lesson. We'll wrap this one up and I guess I believe Brother Tim is going to be teaching next week, chapter 11, uh, 12, 12, I believe it is. So thank you for your comments and your attention.